Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Well, Bill, welcome back. I feel fully stuffed after that. Yes, you know, <laughs> me lots too. Of, lots of overeating. And uh, so now I have to get back to the swing of things and, and back into the groove of work. I'm sure a lot of other people are feeling the same thing. Yeah, and one thing we've been hearing a lot about now is the new Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2. I think we could spend some time talking about that, even though there's still a lot that isn't known yet. I guess first, maybe we'll just start with how you pronounce it, Omicron, named after one of the Greek alphabet letters, keeping with yep. the WHO nomenclature, which is good news for us because it was formerly known as B11529. So Omicron is a lot yep, easier Omicron. to say. And, 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 it is, and on the one hand, it does sound like something actually, I'm old enough, it sounds like something from a 70s movie, you know, the Omicron yeah. virus or something. Mm -hmm. And after that, the next Greek letter would be pi. So we would maybe Ooh, for the holidays. Pi would be good. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, yeah. it was startling is probably the best word for it. News coming out of the Thanksgiving, you just kind of put your head up out of, out of the festivities and family. And now all of a sudden, it's something we I thought, I'd hoped we were mostly past. And that is dealing mm -hmm. with another COVID variant. SARS-CoV-2 variant that could, again, lead to a resurgence of cases, which we've just dealt with and we're still dealing with with Delta. Yeah, it's worth reiterating that we just, we're not out of this pandemic yet, and we might continue to see these variants. This one was labeled a variant of concern by the World Health Organization. Just as a reminder for our listeners, a variant of concern is in which there is evidence of an increase in transmissibility, more severe disease, significant reduction in neutralization antibodies generated by previous infection or vaccination and or reduced effectiveness of treatment or vaccines. So it could be any of those things. I think we don't really know. Other than that, there does appear to be an evidence of increase in transmission. That's right. And I think a couple of things that are important there, Bobby. Number one is just when this story hit, it's interesting because we talked about this last year around this time when vaccine, essentially a year ago, when the vaccines were just coming up and that over the Thanksgiving holiday, there's not much news. So if something hits the news, it really tends to get amplified. And this was probably mm -hmm. the one story it hit like on that Friday after Thanksgiving, which is really a kind of a lull in, in, in news stories other than Black Friday shopping. So yeah, I think that's part of it. That's part of why it really has caught a lot of attention. The fact that it was labeled a variant of concern right out of the chute uh, also, I think, caught people's attention, particularly in the medical community. But at this point, it appears to be based on transmissibility. We don't have a lot yeah. of data. And it's, you know, it's possible there are some variants that are more transmissible, but might actually cause less severe disease. So right. we just don't know yet. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things for all of us. Mm -hmm. is that we're two years into this essentially and we're still dealing with a lot of unsurety or ambiguity or we just don't know about certain things but that's where we are with this omicron variant is that we still don't know precisely what the impact will be of course countries are being cautious we're hearing things about travel restrictions again although we have seen that those are not really they can help slow the spread of some of these variants but eventually they will spread globally and the other thing is that 
the medical community is really is gearing up to figure these things out. The vaccine companies, the pharmaceutical companies are looking at stored sera to see if it has neutralizing effect. Everyone's really swinging into high gear to understand this. So we don't, it's not like we just are throwing our hands up and saying we don't know, but we right. just, it'll just take time to get that information. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to remember, too, that we're doing a lot of sequencing now. And as we do more sequencing of the different viruses, which allows us to tell the variants apart, we're going to start probably detecting Omicron variants in various countries. That doesn't necessarily mean there's widespread of this new Omicron variant. It could just be that we're detecting it as we're doing more sequencing. I think what we still don't know is if it's going to be able to outcompete Delta, which is still the predominant variant in most of the world. Yeah, I think in, in South Africa, the evidence is that it, the very preliminary evidence is that it might. I think that's another reason yeah. why there's this heightened level of, of awareness around this particular variant. I think the other thing from a testing perspective, there's probably two things we should talk about. Number one, yeah. what it means for testing, and number two, what it means for people just in general. From a testing perspective, one of the things that's quite remarkable about this variant is it has, I think, over 32 uh, yeah. mutations. 32 mutations. Yep. And one of those mutations is a deletion evolving one of the locations on the S gene that is a target for some of the assays. So what some of the public health officials, and I know New York State is asking for this now, and CDC is inquiring about it, they're asking that they actually start reporting this, to your point, as a surrogate for actually full sequencing of the viruses to say, Mm -hmm. if we see this pattern on this assay, it's most likely Omicron. So that's something labs, I think, are going to have to be prepared to deal with. Yeah, that's a good point, Bill. For those of our listeners who are from the laboratory medicine world, we should be keeping an eye on our assays that we're using to detecting SARS-CoV-2, because clearly if you have an assay that only detects the spike protein gene, as we see more mutations, your assay may not work. They may not detect these new variants. Although thankfully, most of the assays that are being used in the United States at least detect multiple genes. And so then, as you mentioned, you actually might see the S gene become undetectable, the S gene target, whereas, say, the other targets like the nucleocapsid may be detectable. And that could be one of the signs that we're seeing the Omicron variant, although it could also mean that it's the alpha variant, which we're also seeing S gene drop out. That's the very first one. That's the so-called UK variant, I think. Right. Yeah. Again, it has to do with the dynamics and the reality is there's not much of the alpha variant around, and that's why they're asking you to report this. So it'll, it'll be a stress on labs. One of the things for, for individuals is there has been a big increase in the use of at-home testing, particularly antigen testing. Antigen testing will not be able to detect if it's Omicron. It will detect the, at the virus, but we might see some guidances coming out from public health and from CDC and others requesting that people get an in-lab test because it will have a better chance of determining if it's this variant. So it just people could be getting different messages about testing again, which will be confusing, I think, to people and to labs. So it's just something to be aware of as well. That's a good point, because if you're symptomatic and you want to know if you have COVID, you get a test, but it's just a yes or no answer. The tests that are available in the drugstore, over the counter, and even most of the tests that are being done at our hospital clinic labs, those are just going to tell you if you have COVID infection or not. But you have to do a a special sequencing assay to find out what variant you have. And we've previously spoken with Dr. Joe Yao, who does sequencing here at Mayo Clinic. And at this point, it's not really recommended to do sequencing for routine clinical care. That may change, but at this point, it's really done more for epidemiologic investigations. Yeah, that's right. And I think the flip side is 
that uh, the test will still work. So it's, you know, yes. if you're worried that I, I might have the Omicron variant now, the test that I got at Walmart or the over-the-counter test will not work. And that is not the case. They will work. But what else do people need to, because the other question is, and this was coming up, we just got through Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And so what do you think this means for people that are thinking about holiday gatherings and other things? Mm. Yeah, that is something I think that's on a lot of people's minds. And I, I would say that we just need to keep in mind that regardless of which variant that's circulating, it's important to know that we are still in this pandemic. We're seeing outbreaks at this point in the United States. It's mostly Delta, and we're seeing some outbreaks in certain parts of the country. And we have to continue to use those precautions that you and I have been talking about for the past, what, almost two years now. Yeah, that's right. Even in Minnesota here, uh, we're still dealing with high hospitalization rates. The, the positivity rate has been high even in, in Rochester, which has been lower than most of the state. We've recently been right around 10%, I think. So there's other parts of the country. Michigan is dealing with a lot of cases. So irrespective of Omicron, I think it's just important for people to stay vigilant, I guess is probably yeah. the better word on this. Right. Um, and to think about getting vaccinated if you haven't yet. And if you've been vaccinated and it's been over six months to think about getting the booster, I think those things that we've known prior to this, they all still apply. So I think that's, uh, and most importantly too, if you're symptomatic or feel like you might have COVID, it is important that you, you get the test and determine it and don't go out, especially with what's happening right now. It's important. I know it's hard because we haven't seen loved ones and traveling and we want that, but you really have to I still have to think that we are still in a pandemic and need to have exercise caution. And I think that's what this variant is, is telling us. I agree completely. So. Well, lots of things to think about, and we'll probably hear more about Omicron shortly. The world is on high alert to find out as much as they can. So we'll keep sharing that in the weeks to come. That's right. And I think what else it means for us, I think the two things that will that are interesting in kind of the macro issues, what with the emergence of another variant is, again, it's going to really rekindle the debate around getting vaccines distributed globally because yeah. the thought, again, it's a more that, the, again, this has arisen in part of the world where the vaccination rate is lower in Africa. And the other is really what is the vaccination strategy? Because right now the vaccines have all been against S protein and there are other viruses that will have vaccines that are multivalent. So it gets multiple proteins from the virus, not just the S protein. And that might be something we start to hear about that actually the vaccines, which again, will be frustrating to people about why a different vaccine and all that. But these are the things that I believe we're going to see now become part of the medical community debate for the rest of this year and going into 2022. I agree. We'll keep our eye on this and we'll keep chatting about this. The good news is we still have stuff to talk about, I guess. Yeah, of course. Right. Oh. And some fun holidays coming up and we'll just be responsible, but keep ourselves safe, but also hopefully have the opportunity to enjoy some things in the coming year. It's not all about the pandemic. We just need to continue thinking about it and not let our guard down. That's right. And, and thinking about ways that you can connect with people and loved ones around you. Yep. Safely, hope is what's key. And we will get through this. It's difficult. We're still riding the ups and downs. But uh, the holidays really should be a time of connection and hope. And we can, the virus can, can't take that away from us. We just have to figure out their ways to do it. Yep. Just have to figure out how to do it safely. Yep. Well, as always, Bill, it's great talking to you. I'll see you again next week. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.